Welcome to this Friday's episode of the official Sasta podcast with your host Harry Stebbings at H Stebbings on Snapchat and brought to you by the king of Sasta, Jason Lampkin at Jason LK on Twitter. But before we dive into the show today, will I be having mojitos with you at Sasta Annual 2017? I bloody hope so. And if you fancy joining me and Jason for a mojito or 10 at Sasta Annual 2017, well, today's your lucky day as I've convinced Jason to give me my own promotional code. So simply enter drinks with Harry. Yeah, I I don't know how I managed to persuade him to do that one. And not only will you get 20% off your tickets, but you'll get a happy hour of mojitos with me. That might not end so well. Now, for the show today, as you might already know, I do have a slight love of customer success, largely started by our previous shows with Nick and Allison at Gainsight, and then John at Box, which if you haven't listened to those shows, they really are a must. But today's show continues in that theme, with a massively rising star in the world of customer success, John Gleason, VP of Customer Success at Affinio. Now, John was was actually number one employee at Affinio and two and a half years later he's the VP of customer success following their series A and he's seen the team expand to over 40 people with offices in New York, Toronto, Halifax and Ireland and John's actually written a special blog post just for SAS to listeners today outlining his ultimate guide to customer success reading. It now is my go-to guide for customer success and you can find the links in the show notes on iTunes and on sasta.com that's s-a-a-s-t-r.com. However enough from me so I'm now delighted to hand over to John Gleason, VP of Customer Success at Affinio. Good. That's perfect. Okay, I think we're warmed up. John, such a pleasure to have you on the official Sasta podcast today. Uh, after your epic recommendation in terms of customer success books, this really was a must for me in terms of having you on. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much, Harry. It's an absolute pleasure to be here this morning. Now, I'd love to get started today by hearing how you made your move into the relatively new category of customer success and what the entrance looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I was very, very lucky joining the company that I, I joined, Finio. I think like customer success was very much at the founding vision of, of what Affinio is all about. Our, our CEO and founder, Tim Burke, is, is an absolutely amazing guy. And really like at the core of who Tim is, is he's, he's an engineer. And for Tim, it's all about problem solving, figuring out a solution to a problem that somebody is having. And I think like you know, long and short of it, that's customer success. So when I came into Affinio, um, that's what Tim was was already doing. Uh, and like I said, I was I was lucky enough to come into Affinio as the first hire, and and I can almost kind of frame my time at Affinio in like three buckets. You know, early stages, it was all about finding product market fit. And, you know, we didn't have product that we could just go out and sell. So there was about eight months of kind of doing that that Steve Blank exercise and, you know, knocking on doors and building a little bit and, and seeing if that little bit that we built could move the dial for somebody. And I think, you know, in that stage, customer success is, is really everything. Certainly small C customer success proving that you know we can build something that makes somebody's life a little bit easier or, or figures out a problem that they're having. So that's kind of like block one of my time at Affinio. Block two was, was really a selling um, kind of phase. So once we kind of established that we had something that felt a little bit like product market fit, we, we just got down to business and, and started selling. So alongside Tim, my CEO, we sold and we sold and we sold and we sold. And during that stage... You know, again, you don't have kind of 
have a formal capital C customer success org set up. So you sell in, you're trying to get those, those initial sales under your belt to get those logos on the board. And every deal that you sell, then you're responsible for actually kind of delivering the value that you promised. You know, I think in those sales, uh, you really sell the product as, as much as yourself. So there's like this personal connection to, to deliver that value. And that's really, I would say where I got like my toe dipped in, in the customer success uh, pool and, and maybe more of a formal capacity. And then I guess third stage of my time at Affinio was post series a, when we actually went and we hired um, a proper VP of sales. Uh, we've got an amazing VP of sales, uh, Michelle Chiesan. He came from, or he led the Radian six sales team that eventually got acquired by Salesforce. So just like an incredibly talented guy. Once we hired that VP of sales, that's when I transitioned full-time in, into customer success. And I think it's been a pretty natural progression and, and a pretty good fit for a number of reasons. You know, one, you know, early stages, you get to know the product really, really well. You get to build relationships internally with, you know, key people on the product side, obviously kind of get your, your sales chops under you. You're very, very close with your customers, especially the early customers. And then I guess the last thing that kind of I hear all the time and, and probably something that's probably true for a lot of customer success people who make that transition is, you know, customer success isn't a playbook function. Everybody that I talk to says, you know, we're still trying to figure this thing out called customer success. So I think like that early stage or for me having experience kind of figuring things out early stages kind of transitions well into customer success because, you know, again, we're kind of building that rocket ship uh, of customer success as it, as it launches. So um, those skills are, are coming in handy. So that was a really long winded answer. I kind of rambled a little bit there, but that was um, it was perfect. But I, I mean, you talking about kind of the undefined nature of customer success there in terms of us all figuring out slightly what this weird but wonderful new thing is. In terms of definition, you've described it before as the analog of sales to me. So what do you mean by this and how does it really affect your view of CS going forward? Yeah, absolutely. So I can't take total credit for for that term, the analog of sales. It's something that that I lifted from Dan Steinman and, and really have adopted as my own. Um, but I think it's an awesome way to frame customer success, especially in a SaaS business. Uh, and the reason I say that is, you know, in SaaS, that annuity of the renewal is so important. You know, obviously the sale is very important, um, but you're really banking that this customer is going to be with you for, for a long time. And, and every year you need to make sure that, that they renew. So I really like the analogy of customer success as, as the analog of sales, because I think sales, I admire the process that like a modern sales team has, right? You know, a sales team gets a lead, they have a pipeline and they have a set of specific activities that they use to basically make sure that that lead turns into a closed deal. And I think in a SaaS business, customer success kind of has to operate in a little bit of a similar fashion, right? You get a deal, it's closed, and now your goal is to basically make sure that that customer goes through all of the steps and the processes to ensure that that your company, you know, renews them, and so that you renew them, that that customer really sees a ton of value. So I like the analogy of analog of sales um, because I think it really sets up that framework. Um, I think the second part that I would add to that is it really elevates 
what customer success means in your organization. I think everybody knows just how important sales is. And sales gets taken really, really seriously. And I think if you don't frame customer success as the analog of sales, you maybe get lumped in this bucket where it's it's a nice to have, it's maybe not a value driver. But by putting it up on that top line with sales and, and measuring it against that renewal, you really stress across your org just how important that, that renewal is really for the long-term health of, of your business. Um, so that, you know, in short, I think that's why it's so important to frame customer success as, as the analog of sales and, and set up those processes and kind of lift some of those aspects of sales, even if the process is different or how you get there is different in, into your customer success organization. And kind of talking about kind of the relationship there between sales and CS, I'd love to talk about, with regards specifically to accounts being held, the role of sales versus CS, particularly in large accounts and how they partner then to drive expansion, do you think? Yeah, so absolutely. I think that partnership between sales and customer success, uh, in particular in, in larger accounts, really comes down to value. You know, that promise of value, the delivery of value, and then ultimately like driving that value. So I'll kind of like backtrack just a little bit on that and, and kind of talk about kind of the first example of this. So when sales closes a deal, right, a customer has been promised, um, I would say, an incredible amount of value, right? There's a reason that they bought it. There's a reason that they want to use your tool. And and there's a specific set of goals, hopefully, uh, that they want to get to. So when that sale is then passed into customer success, I think the number one responsibility of the customer success team is to deliver on that promise value. And I would say like deliver on that promise value as quick as possible. And I think that initial handoff really sets the precedent for, for your customer as you know, what this customer success sales relationship is, is going to look like. And at Affinio, we don't, you know, our CS, don't do any of the selling. You know, they're not actually going to hand back a contract or an upsell or anything to the customers. And we do that for a reason. Uh, we do that because we want, you know, our customer success managers to really focus on delivering that value and getting to a state where they're almost perceived as like, you know, others have said like they hate that term trusted advisor. And, and I kind of agree, but it is true. It's your ultimate goal is to get to that, that trusted advisor state. So basically, you know, you can be almost seen as a peer with your customer um, or the decision maker, or the kind of executive champion at, at your company so that when you go to them and say, Hey, listen, you're having an incredible amount of success with our tool, with Affinio. We see, you know, noticeable business you know, decisions being driven out of your platform or things that we can measure. Maybe you're spending less time doing other things or you're saving more money. You know, I think, you know, we should talk, maybe I should pass you into an account executive because I think this is something that maybe other people need. I think when you set up customer success as, as that proving value, when it comes for those passes then back to an AE, it feels very, very natural. And then, you know, the AE can do their thing. The account executive can do their thing. And if things, you know, get a little bit messy in the negotiation, that's okay. Because then when everything is all said and done and, and it's closed and you've got that upsell or that expansion, you can kind of go back to business as usual and renew that trusted advisor relationship. So that's how, you know, I think the ultimate goal, um, that's how we work things at Affinio. It's all about, you know, 
just to summarize, you know, driving value, confirming that value and kind of creating a little bit of a, a separation of church and state between what those roles are, but both kind of working to the same goal in, in tandem. You've said before about being really proactive with regards to being at the enterprise end of the spectrum. Is that what you mean when you say kind of really subtly drive upsell through the handing off of clients to the sales team when observing their current metrics could be improved? Is that proactive or are there other proactivity methods that could be used? Yeah. So I think like, yeah, certainly on the enterprise side, um, you know, you have a little bit more time to be proactive. It's less, you know, reactionary. Um, maybe as you move downstream just a little bit, and maybe if you like subscribe to that, that Jason Lemkin, uh, article, $2 million per, per CSM. Um, that's when things get a little bit more difficult to be, I would say like proactive, you know, if you, you subscribe to that article, you know, your CSMs could have anywhere from 20 to, to 70 accounts each. And I would say like your goals are very much the same with these accounts. You still want to drive value. You still want to create customers that are proficient and, and kind of self-sufficient on your platform, but you're kind of hindering because you don't have as much time. Like your CSM simply doesn't have uh, enough resource to maybe do all of those proactive things um, that if they're only handling three, four, five, six, seven accounts, uh, they might have time for. So I think regardless of if you're kind of the mid-market bucket of, of customers or enterprise, you really do have to focus on process. And as you move down, I think process and data becomes more important to ensuring that that you're driving value. So that's where you want to, you know, set up kind of a structure so you can look at the data that you have internally um, and use that data for cues to drive different behaviors. So maybe that's, you know, use data in your platform. Uh, maybe that support tickets, anything like that. Uh, it could be billing to basically set up these, these flags so that you can almost create like this structure where you're providing like just in time value. You know, your CSM may not have the ability to be truly proactive and, and set up something like a, a quarterly business review, but based off the data, they can reach out at just the right time to say, Hey, you know, I noticed that your platform use dropped a little bit. I'd love to dig in and, and understand how we can help you. I guess last thing I would add to that, that's probably where customer success platforms, you know, like to tango uh, or Gainsight, which is what we use or, or Amity comes into play because out of the box, you can really set up uh, quite nice frameworks to let your customer success managers uh, be a little bit more proactive, even if they're absolutely swamped because they have 50 customers that, that they've got to work with. I, I guess then the question for me is, as we said, the most challenging stage is this 2 million per CSM stage where you've got many, many accounts that you'll handle. So, so for what do you think then are the critical skills needed for a successful CSM at this stage? Is it data analytics? Is it kind of customer relations? Is it uh, integration with the sales team? What is it for you that would drive a successful CSM at this stage? Yeah. So in that range, I think that's probably one of the hardest customer success people to find. I would say like there's absolutely a critical set of, of skills that this person needs to have. When you 
could kind of boil it down to a couple things. Firstly, this person has to be very, very relationship driven. You know, they've got to be focused on the customer. And I think that's something that, you know, anybody looking to get into customer success is going to have really baked into them. The part that's, I think, a little bit harder to find though, is that like process oriented person to make sure that you can actually deliver great experience, a great relationship and be proactive with all of your, your customers. You really have to subscribe to a process and you have to be kind of almost willing to build that process. So the second thing that I would look for is somebody who can, you know, a follow process and make sure that they kind of hit off on the process, but also can kind of help build that process. So anytime they find themselves doing something, maybe more than once or more than two, two or three times and recognizing a pattern here, creating a process um, so that they can almost automate that. And I think like the balance between the two, you know, relationship driven, um, driving that relationship. And then on the flip of it, also being very proactive on building out your processes are, I think, two critical skills that really have to interplay in this, this middle section of customer success manager. Here's a tough question before we move into the quick fire, and that's, is customer success a science or is it an art? When you look at the relationship-driven slash process-driven elements, it could be a combination of both. Where would you place it? Yeah, so I think right now it's a little bit on the art side. But what I expect to see happening is it kind of shifting more to like the science side in the same way that, you know, sales you've seen over like the last 10 years, sales really shift almost to that blend of art and science, but leaning on, on the science side, you have, you know, great people, um, like Mark Robert's, uh, writing awesome things on, on that sales process. I think you're going to see a shift where customer success, uh, moves in that direction too, where it really is to do it at scale, building out these processes, building out sets of activities to ensure that, that you can do that. Um, you know, again, like companies like Gainsight and, and Tatango and, and Amity are really like leading that charge and giving uh, customer success leaders the tools so that they can kind of transform towards the science side. There's always going to be the, the balance of the two, but I think certainly measurable inputs and outputs uh, is very, very important. And I think that's the direction that, that everybody should be going. And then you've listened to the show before. You know what's coming. 60 seconds faster. So 60 seconds per one. Uh, how does that sound? I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. I've been waiting for this all my life. <laughs> Let's do then measuring customer success. How do you measure your own customer success? Yeah, I think you've got to measure customer success or how we measure customer success is against hard metrics, you know, business driving metrics. So for us, first thing is, is the logo renewal rate. I think that really helps you understand your at-bat average, you know, how many customers are renewing out of the total basket. And then the second thing is some sort of figure uh, that tells you, are your accounts growing? Are they expanding? So that could look like, you know, call it what you want, negative churn, uh, dollar renewal rate, net renewal rate, whatever. Uh, but something that that shows you that not only are people sticking around, but they're growing. Um, anything I think below those metrics are kind of, they're nice to have, they're important. Things like, you know, CSAT or, or NPS or even login data or platform data. Uh, those things are great. You don't necessarily want to measure your team against it though, because ultimately, you know, they're leading indicators 
terms of ultimately, are you going to get that renewal or are you going to get that upsell? So I think measure against, you know, hard numbers. And then what do you know now that you wish you'd known when you started? Oh my God. Do you want the whole list? Uh, Maybe I'll pick. (laughs) Okay. I guess I think the first thing that's really, really important as you make that transition from kind of maybe jack of all trades early stage to formalize customer success, the thing that you really want to get right is that relationship with your VP of sales. That relationship with VP of sales and getting to know your VP of sales is going to dictate actually how you build customer success in your organization. So if your new VP of sales comes in and and he's a rhino hunter, your customer success is going to look a lot different than if, you know, your VP of sales comes in and and he just wants to chase deer all day. Um, Again, your your customer success model is going to be a little bit different. So get lockstep with with your VP of sales. Um, I guess the second thing is really get that time to value process and the handoff between sales and customer success dialed. You know, I think in our own customers, in our own data set, we see a massive, massive correlation between, you know, healthy customers and customers that saw time to value in a very, very quick way. You know, there's a reason people say you got to get that first 90 days right. It really does matter. Finding time to value, um, getting that process dialed is, is probably number two for sure on the list. That's why I'm listing it as number two. Uh, and then number three, I would say you've got to get out of the building. I think customer success is something that everybody is still trying to figure out. And if you're just kind of coop yourself up in your office, you're going to have a ton of anxiety because you're going to think, Oh my God, there's so much. I don't know. I don't even know what I don't know. And you know, you read the blog post and it sounds like everybody has it figured out, but you got to get out of the building and you got to talk to other VP of customer success and other CS leaders. And, and what you'll quickly learn is, you know, this is an evolving art and science. So talking to people will get you where you're, you're going a lot quicker. So those are probably like my top three. And then the biggest mistake current SaaS companies are making with their CS process, do you think? Yeah, I would say the biggest mistake or the, man, I could rant on this, but I think in customer success teams kind of stop at that delight or they say, you know, our number one goal is to delight our customers. That's great. And I think like delighting your customers is a step probably in, in that, that chain of delivering value, but it's certainly not where you want to start. I think it's almost like a parent saying, you know, my number one goal is to make my kid happy. And I think if, if your goal is to make your kid happy and your kid is always happy, they're probably going to grow up to be like a a pretty crappy adult. Um, (laughs) so like for, for customer success, you kind of have to act like a good parent, right? It's, it's about kind of training and teaching. Um, it's about teaching good values and showing good values. Um, it's about building like a trusted relationship. Those are all things that I think like good parents do. And, and I think if you just say like delight, you're kind of missing the point. Um, so you gotta act like a good parent as a customer success manager. And and that's probably the biggest thing that, that irks me when I hear people say like, Oh, we just want to delight our customers. Mm -hmm. And then let's finish uh, the the quick fire on the most common question you hear from CSM leaders. Yeah. I think like the thing that I hear time and time again is like, where do you find like a good customer success manager? I think there's this buzz right now in the marketplace around customer success. Everybody knows for SaaS, you need to have great customer success. And as a result, there's an incredible demand for customer success managers. And I think the demand certainly outstrips 
the supply. So the big question that I, I hear time and time again is, you know, yeah, where, where are you getting them? And I guess to expand on that a little bit, if there's like three pillars, the first being domain expertise. So they know kind of the space that we're in. The second being like previous customer success experience. And, and the third being customer success centric. My hypothesis on that is that if you build good processes, you can maybe skip the customer success experience before and grab somebody who has domain expertise, is very customer centric, and, and then kind of fill in what they don't have with experience with your processes. And and I'll tell you, that's something that has worked out actually pretty well for us at Affinio. I got to brag about um, the first hire on our customer success team, Erin Aaron Fogarty. She didn't have previous customer success experience, but she had an incredible amount of domain expertise and very, very customer centric. And as a result, she's been wildly successful and and our customers just, just love her and, and her accounts are, are growing like crazy. So I think long answer there. I know that's probably more than a minute, but uh, that's certainly the biggest question uh, that I hear often. And then moving away from the quick fire, and we did discuss kind of differing account sizes and how it changes from enterprise to the 2 million benchmark that Jason often pronounces. So talking of kind of uh, the evolution of CSM orgs then as the company progresses through funding rounds, how have you seen the CSM strategy for you change at Affinio as you move through the rounds from being the first hire and being the kind of jack of all trades to scaling the team uh, and raising funding and then hiring Aaron and, and people below you uh, in the CS team. So how have you seen the CS strategy change? Yeah, like I said, like early, like first, first step. So let's talk, you know, seed to series A. So that it's the small C customer success. Your strategy is just like, can we make anybody successful? And can we, can we sell this thing? And, and kind of what are some of the common themes that are making people successful? So really distilling that, I think from like the C to the A, it's, you know, figuring out something that is scalable and, and proving that, you know, it's, we've got something here. There's something that, that connects these dots. Um, from the A to the B, is I think your biggest focus here is building your processes around customer success. You know, chances are at the A is when you hired your first VP of sales and right away, like the cadence, the rigor that's going to happen on the sales side is huge. Um, you're going to see deals close for larger amounts. You're going to see deals close at a faster cadence than they ever have before. Now you've got a bit of a window here where you, don't quite have the same volume of renewals coming through. So, we, and, and I would say like the early customer success team probably has the advantage there because they sold in a lot of those deals. They have good relationships. So as a result, like those first renewals, I think they're going to happen based off the relationship. But what you're really planning for is building that process, building out something that is kind of rock solid so that when those deals, those recently closed deals from your new sales team starts to come up for renewal, you've got an airtight process so that you're going to get those. So I'd say A to B, it's all about defining your processes. And then post B, which is where we're going, I think it's like you want to make sure that you know you 
you've got this system in place where you can now kind of perfect it and you can iterate it. And at this stage, you know, it is all about making sure that you capture uh, the annuity on those, those renewals. So it's, you've got your process, you're constantly dialing your process, but then also making sure that your app at average is, is insanely high. And that's really in, in the B what I think you want to do. Well, John, I've got to say a huge thank you for coming on the show today. And I've also got to say for anyone interested in customer success, John has written a brilliant blog post that we're going to put alongside this episode uh, where you'll be able to read his recommendations on what you've got to read on customer success. It's where I've gone for all my articles. So seriously, it's a must read. But John, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Harry, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for your time and, and thanks for the opportunity to, to share my story. What a fantastic interview with John. And as I said, it really is a must read his blog post on the ultimate guide to customer success articles. And likewise, if you would like to see more of Sasta, then you can head over to sasta.com. That's S-A-A-S-T-R.com, where there's a whole host more articles and information from Sasta from both me on the podcast side and Jason on the written side. And you can find me on Snapchat at H Stebbings, and you can follow Jason Lemkin on Twitter at Jason LK. As always, we so appreciate all your support always love to hear your feedback you can email me harry at the 20 minute bc.com all in letters i always love to hear your thoughts and suggestions on future guests and i so appreciate you tuning in and look very forward to bringing you next week's episodes